0: Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We're also here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. And this is the third of our year-end holiday wrap-up. You're getting six podcasts over the next six days discussing some of our favorite music, TV shows, movies from 2019. Of course, you've already heard our favorite movies and TV shows. You've also heard our favorite song of the year. And now, today, we are moving on to Best Feud of 2019. Um, I don't know if we all have this one, but I'm just going to start because I feel like we've talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast. Uh, People have written in about it. They want to hear about it. We've talked about it all the way through. And that is the Taylor Swift, Scooter Braun, Mm. Scott Borchetta feud. I feel like that's probably been, at least on this podcast, the most talked about feud of 2019. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, probably the most talked about one. For it's my Muslims, least favorite feud. Max yeah. literally
0: just laid down on his couch as if this. So if you've been <laughs> listening to this series, this is episode three. Uh, we're recording it over the holidays here at Max Kerman's place in Hamilton, and he's late. She's gonna la- take we're a gonna photo. Put this on our Instagram story. Act like
2: you're talking to a, a, a therapist. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so best feud of 2019. Yeah, you know what? Maybe this this defies. Maybe none of us would have picked this as the best feud. I guess I just picked it as. The What's most your talked favorite about feud? I think is, is fave. Like it, yeah, there's gotta be a fun feud.
2: Oh, Aaron Carter versus the world. Mm-hmm. It's um, <laughs> it's amazing Not to watch. World. So he so he starts attacking his brother, mm. uh, just trying to say that he was a rapist. He rapes nine year old women. Everything he just and you're like, oh my god! Just watching this, you know, burning dumpster happen. Mm. He he starts Instagram living everything, and then everyone who uh, calls him out on Instagram live in the comment section, he starts calling them personally and having feuds with every single troll, right, like calling their phone. Yeah, because you there's a call button, so you can like Facetime them. Okay. So he would do that with everyone, and then he's saying the only one who he loves is his mom. Mm. Then he turns on his mom, mm. and now he thinks the world's out to get him, and like the FBI's after him, and everything. See,
1: I know you're fascinated with Aaron Carter. I can't do it because I feel so bad for him. He's so fucked up, and I and it's like he's so mentally unwell that it's like I just I, this brings me no.
2: Oh, I, I don't. I don't get. Joy from it, but it is something I'm interested in in mm-hmm. a weird way. Yeah. What Have you, you interacted
0: What do you think the interest stems from? Is it just? Oh, like I don't know. Like, is it compelling?
2: Weird curiosity. Like, uh, I watch like serial killer documentaries and stuff. I'm into stuff that I hate, mm-hmm. but I can't turn away from. Yeah. yeah I no, I,
1: I totally get it. Clearly, it's like I'm sure if I were to click on it, I'd be like, okay, this is this is a train wreck, and I can't turn away. Kind and he, of thing. And he got the
2: face tattoo and. Like, that, you would have gone nuts watching that happen. Because oh, you're literally watching him, like, a, just a plain face, and then half of it covered with a
1: Medusa that he based off of Rihanna's face. So bizarre. Yeah, okay, is there any hope for him? Like, is there any, like, is he just, does he need medication? Or is I think he, is he's he just, on
2: a bunch of stuff. I, I don't know if there is hope. Maybe he's too far
1: gone. Yeah, because he's lived such a weird life, and it seemed like his, like, parents are kind of strange like it wasn't his dad kind of abusive or something that or or Uh, i just think he
2: just lived a lifestyle where his parents were taking advantage of him and his parents Mm -hmm. had equal problems themselves Mm -hmm. and alcohol and drug addiction and you know he used to hang with like michael jackson and stuff like that what's your favorite feud of the year
0: well my favorite feuds i think in general or most entertaining feuds are one-way feuds, mm. so I kind of like the idea that uh, <laughs> that Jared Leto thinks he's in a feud with Walking Phoenix over Joker. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like I like I love that story where Walking, Joaqu- <laughs> you know, where J- Jared Leto's kind of you know angry that this movie went forward with him, and now it's sort of like ruined his chance at a good mm. Joker. But Walking Phoenix probably does not think about this thing at all in any second of any of his days. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I was trying to think of more funny one-way feuds. You see this sometimes in sports, you know, where, you know, people are like, oh man, like our rival, LeBron James and the Cavaliers. It's like, "Mm, I don't think they're worried too much about you Toronto Raptors. (laughs) What I loved about
1: the Jared Leto story was that just the way it leaked It's like there's, there must be so many great stories in Hollywood over like actors just like flipping out over like this and that. And And then for somebody to go, like, to the Hollywood Reporter or whatever, it's like, I got something good for you. Like, just to be like, (laughs) fuck this guy. Because he must have pissed off enough people that the person must have been just like, you know what, I'll give you, like, three good ones. Here we go, right? Oh, man, like, if you... I think if you're like a fly on the wall for some of those conversations, it would be just so amazing. In well, order
0: to be a. F- Sorry, we're gonna say, Shane. I just love
2: watching the videos on YouTube of Jared Leto building his own legend. <laughs> They're like, so uh, Joker? He's pretty out there. And he's like, well, yeah, Joker. Uh, He's he's a strange character. You know, uh, he might send you a used condoms. At least he's using a condom. And, he, and he's like he's being so weird. And it's the ultimate cringe video, except it's just him for five minutes making you want to jump out of your skin. Oh. Was that like on
1: a late show or something?
2: Every time the Joker is mentioned, <laughs> he refers to it in third person and he acts like the Joker was something he couldn't control and he had to do all these stupid pranks. He's but, such an
1: impressive guy, I'll say, in that like he's so ambitious and very disciplined. Like he like he just looks amazing. How old how, he? He's like 45 and he looks like he's a like 25. He's older. He's Almost like 50 now. now. Yeah. And he clearly is like super driven, but it's just like it always crosses a line. We're like, dude, you're so thirsty. Like you need to chill. You know, like he he's he lacks that like ten percent of like self awareness that he could really use. Oh, there is an amazing video
2: that everyone needs to watch. It's uh, an analysis of the Ellen selfie that went viral a couple years ago at the uh, Oscars, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it it analyzes Jared Leto's uh, goal to get in that photo and how him and Bradley Cooper were battling. Mm. For like dominance, and it's like an eight-minute video on just every step of the way. That is there like th- footage
0: of it, like behind the scenes. It's like the stuff? what
2: is it, the Sapruder film? Yeah, 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 It's like the that type of analysis, really? but it's amazing. It's but all. What like, do they u- do? They use they use footage, the footage from footage? the show and clips and photos and How it far do you have to, to travel this. to get into the the? And what he did shot. and Bradley Cooper, what what he was giving off and making eye contact and doing subtle things to like box Jared Leto out. <laughs> it's very cool. Like this very person's cool. amazing at editing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That is so good. But it makes you feel so bad for Jared Leto in a way. Uh, he's so desperate for fame.
1: Yeah.
0: In a, in a, well, oh, I mean, and when I think about how well this new Joker did with Joaquin Phoenix, um, it must. I mean, that would be the dream for. That's probably what Jared Leto wanted mm-hmm. for his Joker: is that he would eventually get a standalone film yeah. and it would be Oscar worthy. The mm-hmm. way that you know it, him in like. A... I just
1: don't think it would be as good though. Like walking course, was not
0: no. And you need to also like. Pair with the right director and have the right script and like understand the tone of the film you're making and all of those things. Like it was a very sort of like unique confluence of events that came together for this Joker film to be what it was. And I don't know if Jared could be a part of that process. Like think about how much control he needs to have over every aspect of everything. Would he be allowed to? Would he be able to give himself over to that sort of thing? Do you in order for it to be a feud, does the other side have to acknowledge it? Mm, not necessarily.
2: I don't think. No. no. I think of the main component of any feud is that the other
1: person yeah, has to be otherwise angry it's just also. a vendetta. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. <laughs> no, but I do like the idea of, like, Jared, like, feuding. Or thinking he's in a feud. with. Yeah, the, yeah, thinking he's in a feud or just, like, sort of, like, feuding against, like, everybody who's up against him, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause it's just a kind of Jared versus the world. Jared's a good example of a guy who, like, literally has everything, but you never want to be him kind of thing. It's yeah. like Jared Leto, like, is, like, malt, like millionaire, hot dude. Who's probably been with any person he's ever wanted to be with. Rock star. Yeah, rock star, movie star. Like Oscar winner, type. Oscar. He has it all, but you can just sense there's like a bit of desperation. Like what he hasn't accomplished yet, you know what? and it's just like there's no Zen with him. And then you're just like, I, you know, I would not want to be. I'm kind of fine.
0: Mm-hmm. It's because he knows that he will never be recognized or in the same conversation as the great actors of his generation. Yes, he has an Oscar. Yeah. He does have that. But if you look at his sort of catalog, it's anomalous, the Oscar. Yeah. He's never going to get a Lifetime Achievement Award, maybe at the MTV Movie Awards or something. But it's like, and he knows, like he knows he'll never be talked about the way that, in his mind, he probably has ambitions to be like a Leo or even like a box office star like Will Smith. He's not any of those things or like a character actor like a Joaquin Phoenix. He's not any of those things and he's smart enough to know that. So I, I imagine that's probably very, You know, like that probably informs a lot of his, you know, like Shane says, the thirst or or his behavior in that regard.
1: You wonder how more successful he'd be if he was just a little more chill. I think there's something about Brad and Leo. Obviously, they're amazing box office stars and they're great actors. But like... There's a likability factor with I think a lot of these guys that are like leading men you're like I kind of want to be like they can be intense and have their own process and all that stuff but you kind of want to be around them and and collaborate with them because they're sort of generous spirits Bradley Cooper et etc but I don't know if he has that quality Well a
2: big uh, part of being cool is not trying so hard yeah and being nice and mm-hmm. kind and letting things come to you and being humble and he's none of those things yeah <laughs> um, like you've worked with him before, Mike.
0: I did, yeah. We did a, a video down in Los Angeles uh, for for a thing for much with his with his band. And, was uh, he pulling any antics? He was not, not like listen. He he wanted to be in control. When the shoot started to get long, he got a little bit like let's keep it moving. He definitely wanted to sort of discuss every aspect of everything. Actually, our good friend Matt Unsworth directed it. Uh, directed this 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 video. This that much closer thing. But he was fine. He was fine. I, I, I've actually seen far worse on set than he was that day. But he was definitely a star, and knew he was a star, and sort of approached the day that way, and and, and all that. stuff. But story. he wasn't like, "Open that box, Mikey boy." Or no, anything. he didn't send no. like, and he wasn't it, like, uh, he wasn't method acting that day.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, my my, my uh, me in front of the crew. <laughs> well, <laughs> Who's well, in control now? <laughs> uh, anyway, what are you saying? I was gonna my uh, most interesting feud. I don't know it's my favorite feud, but I find to be kind of weirdly dizzying is. The the Trump voter versus like liberals right now, not to get too deep into politics, but I just find that it's been Trump works at such a fast rate of offending people that the normal discourse of like, oh, so and so did something and then you go back and forth and then there's a there's a controversy for a couple weeks over a certain issue just doesn't exist anymore. And it's a combination of Trump and his like inability to show any shame and remorse. And the speed, the culture just exists right now with, like, multimedia or with social media. And it's just, like, it's left. um, The Trump Trump voter is, like, double down to be with Trump. Like, that's their guy no matter what. Like, people are more uh, behind him than ever if you're on that side of the aisle. And then the the people are feuding with, like, people on the left don't even know what to do right now. Don't you find that, like, people on the left, like, when he first got elected, like, we're going to take the streets. We're going to go... We're we're gonna you know rally and around uh, getting him out of office. And now people are just like, I can't keep up. Like th- I think the opposition cannot keep up with Trump because he works so quickly. But and it's just think, such a
2: weird time. I don't know. Do you think he could get away with almost anything? Like let's just say murder. Oh, he's yeah. on tape murdering someone. Yeah, everything. Like do you think it's that far? Because I honestly do feel like it is that far. I
1: think it's that far because they. His, his supporters would be like, "Well, Hillary murdered people too." They'd, yeah. they'd be talking about Hillary still. It's like, just crazy. Like he would just do like a a quip, like I, I wouldn't
2: kill somebody, but I would stuff a pig, and that would be Rosie O'Donnell, and you know, <laughs> it would get like a laugh,
1: and then they would just be talking about his joke. And- well, because he because he doesn't doesn't apologize for anything ever. So if he was on tape shooting someone. He'd be like, I gotta say, he had it coming. I'm a tough guy. <laughs> and a good shot. Huh? You <laughs> see that? One bullet. That's all it takes. You want me in your military, I'll tell you that much. Save money on bullets. Isn't it crazy though? <laughs> yeah. It's 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 like this alternate universe that we're in. And I just find that like the left is like just sort of exasperated with us just like because there's so much shit. Happening every single day, and each offense is sort of like worse than the last one. Yeah, that you just don't know how to combat it. That's why the feud is interesting because normally, when, when a feud happens, one side goes, Hey, and then you go, Hey, hey, and there's like some even ground happening. You agree, it's like the s- ultimate bully in high school or something. And you have this
2: awesome line, or you've caught him doing something stupid, and you make a proclamation in, in front of everyone. You think you got him. He's like, Shut up, loser, and then everyone laughs. At everyone you. laughs, and then he's on yeah. to the next thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, oh, it's, it's, yeah. I'm just so excited for the the Democrats to choose their fucking leader and get on with it because, obviously, as we know, a lot can happen in a year and anyone predicting anything is probably full of shit. So it's just like, can we just get to November and just have the election? Because everything between that is sort of meaningless
0: to me. Well, you know, do you think we're recording this at the end of 2019? Uh, obviously, things are going to happen in 2020. Mm. So two things I'll ask you guys about this. Do you think, one, he will indeed uh, be impeached? Uh, well, no. I mean, he's been impeached, but do you think it will, they'll hold it up in the Senate? And then no. two, uh, so that's a no? Yeah. No? no? They won't. And then th- uh, two, do you think he'll be reelected in November? Wow, I, silence.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, a lot of people are thinking he's going to be reelected. That That is sort of almost the conventional wisdom right now. I don't think so. I don't think he's going to be reelected. No. You guys, all, all
2: those people who were doing kind of like stunt voting to vote for people who they knew weren't going to win but they believed in—they're not going to pull any of that shit anymore. They're not going to risk it. Everyone who's remotely liberal and some people who thought there was going to be a massive change in their life that there wasn't—is—are all going to revert back to the popular liberal person. Yeah. What do you think, Mike?
0: Oh, it's a great question. I—I I, don't—I don't know what to think. I don't know if like. Um everybody like everything you listen to or hear is like oh he's gonna he's gonna win again in november i don't know if that's just sort of clever fear-mongering to make sure that you know the liberal well, everyone's hedging out, right or exactly it's hedging so I, I don't i don't know if i had to honestly if i had to bet right now the way it seems um i i think he'd i think he'd win again and i hope i'm wrong and that's i guess that's my answer yeah but i do think he will he will win again. I don't see how we could, though. I think the issue right now, which
1: which makes it confusing, is that the Democrats haven't chosen their leader. So everyone's like, oh, well, no one's really that excited about anybody because, okay, Biden's got 33 percent. Warren's got 25. Buttigieg's got 20. It's like none of these people can really beat Trump and no one's that excited about anybody. But once they choose the winner, everyone's like, all right, guys, we have one fucking goal, and that is to get Trump out of there. And I think that will mobilize people. Yeah. yeah, guess we're going to see. Feuds, man. Yeah.
0: Feuds. Uh, any other feuds in 2019 uh, that uh, stand out? Nope. It's funny. I was trying to look up some feuds. I was like, whoa, is there anything I missed? And I saw, I did miss this, but uh, Will and Grace, uh, the TV show, reunited uh, in 2019. And apparently, um, Deborah Messing and Megan Mullally stars on that show. Huge feud. About what? what? Camera angles, script changes. Mm. Well,
2: fighting what on was set the constantly. deal with the camera angles? Like, I, what?
0: Ge- I guess like if they're in a, a two-person scene, they want to like Megan might be like I'm standing on the left, and uh, you know uh, um, um, uh, I just said her name, who's Malali, not Megan Malali, but who's the other one? Deborah Messing mm-hmm. might be like no, 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 I, you shoot me on the right. But if they're both in the same scene and they both want to be shot in the same way, mm. I'm guessing they just said camera angles was an issue. but you know what I'm talking about? Right. Yeah. So I guess those those were big fight feuds. You guys big Will and Grace fans? Nope. No. Think it will come back in 2020?
1: Nope.
0: No. So no Will and Grace, no Donald Trump. There you go. This has been our Feuds episode.